Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Hi, everybody. Well, it's great to be with you today as usual. Uh, If you're tuning in and part of this link for the first time, it's great to be in the room with you. And if if, uh, the chapel um, or Armidale City is your home church, it's great to be with you as we normally are. Uh, I don't know what it's like where you are. It's been raining heavily overnight where I am. And so we're pretty excited about that. In fact, when I was finishing off my preparation this morning, wandered out to the garage, grabbed a bean bag, put up the roller door and watched as the rain just poured down. So what a great sight. We thank God for rain and, and that our dams are filling, that there's provision for our farmers And of course, so much flows out of that. Well, let's get straight into this message today. Or just before I do, I do want to point you, hey, what you can do now, you can get just the message after we watch the live stream. Later in the week, you can get just the message on YouTube. And I want to point you to it because last week in the final um, segment of Back to the Future, Back to the Future 4, I really spoke practically to how to... um, uh, overcome living busy, how to um, live in a more sustainable way uh, in, as we move back into the new normal. And I think it be really practically helpful to you and be super helpful to your friends as well. Even if they don't have a check, uh, church background, check out that message. And I think you're going to find it's be a great help to a lot of people. So you can pass it on to them. Let's get to this today as we continue in the book of Mark. And as we do, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for everybody gathering today. Thank you that we can be together. Thank you that you, God, are, Lord, wherever we gather, there you are, right there. And so today, we commit our way to you. Pray that you would do a good work in every person's life. I pray even now there'd be a sense of God, of your presence in places where people are gathered, and that this message would be powerful in people's lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's get straight into it. Um, Our influence and the influences on us are more powerful than we think. Our influence and the influence, or our influence and then the influence on us is, I think, is way more powerful than we think. And all I have to do is think about yesterday. Yesterday I was downtown and I I was dressed in a pair of R.M. Williams boots and I had an R.M. Williams buckle on. No one could see it, but I had it on. And I got to thinking how, where I grew up, no one wore R.M. Williams boots. Firstly, we couldn't afford them. But secondly, yes, nobody wore R.M. Williams boots. Nobody, I mean nobody, ever wore a buckle. And if you did wear a buckle, something very unusual was going on. It's not, and yet when I get on an aeroplane leaving Tamworth, uh, it's like half the plane, the half the men, maybe half the girls as well, but certainly half the men have brown boots on. They either are M. Williams boots or they look like R.M. Williams boots. But I can assure you when you get off at the other end in Sydney, they're wearing white sneakers and they're wearing suits and there's not many R.M. Williams boots. Why is that? Because we're influenced. Influence is a powerful thing. And so you're influenced, I'm influenced, and it's more powerful than we think. Think about your music for a moment. Wonder what's on your music playlist. I had a look just before I got up. And um, on my playlist was Kane Brown. And uh, on my playlist was Cold Chisel. On my playlist was Missy Higgins. 
On my playlist was Crowded House. That one's for you, Teagues. Um, on my playlist was Ray Charles. Now, all of the others, except for Ray Charles, you would say are influenced by where I grew up. Um, some are influenced Kane Brown, influenced by my teenage daughter. Uh, Ray Charles, just influenced because you should have Ray Charles on your playlist. But whatever the case, there's influences in and influences out. I've noticed my kids use a word. They use, say this word, soz. And it's weird to me because soz is such a bad word. It's just a, I don't know, I don't like it. And part of the reason is that it was around when I was a kid. Now it's back with a different meaning. Soz, they, they, I, I wrote these two down. Actually, Brun wrote them down for me because I've never heard of them before. Um, narc. Actually, Brun wrote down that jarred was a word one time and I don't think it was. I think it just was in Cara, which doesn't make it a word. But apparently narc, and I don't even know if I'm saying this right, that's how out of touch I am, teenagers. Noob. Is noob a word? Is noob a thing? It's a thing. Right, okay, there you go. I have no idea. Why? Because I've got a poor vocabulary? No, not on this occasion. Because they're not influences in my life using those kinds of words. We're all influenced and we influence and the power of influence is greater than we think. So I'm going to talk about that today uh, because everybody lives influence and everybody lives influencing and, and, and God has a purpose for that. I'm influenced, you're influenced, I influence, you influence and God has a purpose for that. Um, so our influence and the influences are more powerful than we speak, uh, think. And then this thought, our sphere of influences has these two forces at work. It has the force in at work and it has the force out at work. It has the force in and it has a force out. Uh, there's an upside to that and there's a downside to it. There's a, there's a great upside if we get the influences in right, isn't there? There's an incredible upside, but watch out when we get the influences wrong incoming. The wrong coming incoming influences. But when we get it right, it's very powerful in our lives. And so we're going to look at our influences in, influences out, our sphere of influences. Our influence has these two forces at work. And those in, in influence is more powerful than we know. So as we continue in the book of Mark, I want to talk about that today, influence, and specifically how to live with influence that builds a life and leaves a legacy. How to live with influence that builds a life and leaves a legacy. Now, as we go to Mark chapter 12, um, we'll see some things in the passages around it. Mark chapter 11 and verse 18, if you're taking notes, Mark chapter 12 and verse 12, Mark chapter 12, verse 35 to 37, um, we, we, see that, we see that the problem the, the religious people have with Jesus is he's got this growing influence and he's influencing the people in a way that they, they don't want. Influence is a big part of the problem. Listen to it uh, from Mark chapter 12. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him. Now, you're upsetting the situation when they want to take your life, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed. They were amazed at his teaching. Jesus' influence was growing. And here is what was at the core of Jesus' influence from the same chapter that we're looking at today. Mark chapter 12 verse 28 to 31, one of the teachers of the law came and heard, him, heard them debating. And noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Many of you know the answer, but stay with me here. The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. 
The second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. In fact, he goes on to say that all of life flows out of that. You could say that all of life boils down to that. If you get that right, the rest will flow. And Jesus at his core, at the core of Jesus' influence was this, that that God was a great influencer, that his heavenly father was a great influencer in and everything that came out flowed from it. Now we get some insights into Jesus as an influencer from an unusual place in Mark chapter 12. I want to read you these two verses. And as we do, I want you to know that we can be pretty certain that the, the makers of the statement or the maker of the statement was not sincere. He was insincere. But the truth of what he said is absolutely right. And so listen to this, Mark chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. Later, they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. But you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And then they throw in their question. Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Jesus gives them an answer that silences them. But the reality is, or or, or what I want us to see here, that even though they are, we can be pretty certain they were insincere, we also know for sure that what was said here was absolutely true. And in it is contained some key thoughts around uh, living a life of influence and a life of influence that leaves a legacy. Listen to it again. It says, um, they sent Pharisees and followers of Herod to bait him, hoping to catch him saying something incriminating. They came up and said, Teacher, we know that you have integrity, that you are indifferent to public opinion. Oh, how I love that line. Don't pander to your students. We could put in brackets or anybody else and teach the way of God accurately. I love this. How to live with influence that builds a life and leaves a legacy. I'm going to give you some things today. Number one is this. We see it in these two passages. Number one is this. Jesus lived for an audience of one. And if we're going to live with influence... The right kind of influence going in and the right kind of influence coming out have to live for an audience of one. That's what we see here with Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. And then it says, you teach the way of God accurately. This is how Jesus lived. At the core of everything was coming in because his heart was first and foremost and singularly for God and for the purposes of God. And that flowed out. That was what was going on for Jesus. Jesus said this, my judgment, is, uh, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. John 12, 49. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who has sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So whatever the Father tells me, I say that. Jesus is the greatest influencer in human history. There's no doubt about it. He was then, he is now has been across time. And, and right at the core of it is Jesus did it for an audience of one. The Apostle Paul realizes how key this is. He says this in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. Paul, it's not that he had to win God's approval, but he wanted to live well-pleasing to God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Paul is just like Jesus, like, hey, I'm here to um, uh, draw followers to Christ, 
but you need to understand I'm doing it for an audience of one. And you and I, the same is true. I can remember um, playing footy as a teenager and, uh, you know, where I grew up, crowds were pretty vocal uh, and, and they weren't always affirming. And uh, there were plenty of times, even times when my own team crowd would yell abuse. It's just where I grew up. Thank you, Macquarie Fields Hawks, for those learning lessons. But there was one voice I could always hear in a field. It was my dad's. If my dad yelled out in the crowd, I would just lift. Because I didn't really care about the rest of the audience. But I did care about him. I did care about his voice. And I would know my dad's voice is a gravelly like mine except more. And I would hear this from somewhere in the crowd. Get into them, Bluey! Something like that. Yelling abuse at the ref to leave me alone. All kinds of things. But I would hear that voice because in that audience, there was one person that I deeply wanted to hear and deeply wanted to please. Well, that's how it is with God. God is the audience that the, if, if we want to live with influence that is effective, that the right influence coming in and the right influence going out, that it would be more powerful than we think. Man, just to get it right and say, I live for an audience of one. His name is Jesus. And that is the center of everything for me. When we get that right, the rest will flow. And until we get that right, the influence we could have is impeded at best. Something powerful can go on today. Something, something can happen on the inside of you if it hasn't happened already. Whereby not, not, not just being a Christian who knows sin's forgiven, but being a person who lives for an audience of one and his name is Jesus. Oh, when that starts to go on in our life, something powerful begins to happen. Not only in us and it starts in us, but that flows out from us. It begins to transform the lives of people around us. And I've seen this. In many people's lives, I've seen this go on in terms of they live for an audience of one and then the effect of their life uh, on those around them. It's an incredible place to live from. And I think if you want to be an influencer uh, in the way that God has called you to, that's a place to begin, an audience of one. Number two, number two, get clarity on the influences in. Just get clarity on the influences in. I, I, I love what Jesus said in this verse, Mark 12. Verse 14, teacher, we know that you're a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Did you, did you catch that? I mean, let that go deep in you just for a moment. You're a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others. They have no influence on you because you pay no attention to who they are. That, that's important. He's, he's not swayed by someone's profile or position or their postcode. He's not swayed by whether you live on the hill in East Tamworth or whether you live in a tent on the Dungowan Road. He's just not moved by that. He's unimpressed by whether you're the prime minister or whether you're the servant in a back room somewhere. He's unimpressed. He's unmoved because he's not swayed by that. And it's very powerful in our lives, this idea to get clarity on, on the influences in. And so, so thinking about that, he's unaffected by status, position, profile, and power. 
He's indifferent to contradictory public opinion, it says. He pays no attention to who they are. In one way, Jesus lives who cares. Now, Jesus completely cares. He cares that we would come to know him and become his follower. But here's here's the deal. He doesn't care so much for our opinion. He doesn't care for the opinions of people around him that are contrary to the purposes of God. He's not going to be influenced by that. And so, so you know, thinking about influences in for a moment, who, who, who are they right now? Just getting clarity on the influences in to our lives. Well, obviously, I need a third seat here for the word of God, for, for, for God, obviously. But just thinking God's everywhere. I'm talking about human influences. If we were to write a list right now, just to, to write a list of who the influence have been just in, in the month of June, what is that? How, where are we? June 14 or something, just on the first 14 days of June or whatever day we're on, who have been the influences in to your life? Who's had a seat at the table? Who's had your ear? Who is that? Because the influence in is more powerful than we think. And so who has that been for you? Who has that been since June 1, just till now? Because that has a future. That has a trajectory when we work out who the influences in are. Do you know who they are? Could you write them down? Who, who, who have you had constant tech conversations with? And, and um, who, have you, who have you been on the phone to? Who have you been social media inboxing with? Who have you sat down with? And are those influences just very powerful in your life? Oh, because they have so much potential, so much potential for incredible good when we get the right influences in going on in our life. I'm so thankful for some of the influences in my life, but who are the influences in yours? And, and, and what is that? leading to in your life. Um, I, I wrote this, Jesus lives who cares in a good way. He open arms, invi- open arms invites everybody to be a follower, but he excludes from any level of influence those who are contradictory to what God's called him to. His arms open wide inviting everybody, but he's keeping at a distance the voices unhelpful to his future. And that's very important. And here's the question that goes with it, I suppose. Who influences who? Who influences who? When you think about text conversations, you know, inboxing, all, all the ways we communicate today, live conversations. I know it's a crazy idea. In the room with another person, live conversations. Think about that. Who, who influences who? And my next question is, if you answer that, how honest was it? Because the influences in are so powerful in our life. I thank God for every great influence in my life and, and, and their effect on my life. What about you? Here are the questions. Who are the influences in for you? Who has a seat with you? Who has your ear? Who's at the table? Is it, are the people at the table, are they a risk factor or do they create incredible potential as it relates to the influence going into your life? Are they a risk factor or do they create incredible potential? Um, who influences who? Um, here's, here's the next thought to go with it. Um, Mark chapter 12, verse 14 again, it says this. Teacher, we know you have integrity. We know you have integrity. Um, I like this. Number three is our integrity takes our influence potential next level. Our integrity takes our influence potential next level. I've written it like this. Integrity has courage to live by conviction. Integrity has actions consistent with words. Integrity is principle without compromise. Integrity has a public life consistent with its private life. 
Let us pause there for a moment. Uh, public and private life that are consistent with each other. It's behaviours that match beliefs. Who I am over here is who I am over there. Uh, that, that, that they're great ways to look at integrity and go, hey, how am I going there? Because when the integritous person gets it right, that, that creates the potential for next level influence. I mean, skill creates one level of influence and wisdom and knowledge, eh? but, but integrity takes it up a notch. You'll listen to a person because they've got skill or ability or power or money, but when it has integrity attached, something else can go on. That, is, that gives a real voice to a person when integrity is at the core. Integrity has our influence. Uh, integrity takes our influence next level, or at least the potential to. Here's what I've noticed. People, um, people can pick up on a integrity or a lack of it way more than we think. Think about it like this. If you go to a restaurant today, tonight, and you sit at that restaurant, the food's average, the service is average, and the atmosphere is poor, when you leave, do you say to the person who runs the place, that was terrible. I'll never be back. Now, occasionally you meet someone, and maybe you're that person who will say that. And maybe you need a different lesson out of this in terms of how you say it. But for most of us, I include myself, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to say thank you. I'm going to get in my car, and then I'm going to make a comment to my wife. I don't think we'll be back there. And, and you know, it's the same with integrity. Most people aren't going to tell you that they see the cracks. They're just not going to keep coming back. They're, they're not going to have you as a next level influencer in their life. And I think God wants you to. He wants me to. He wants us to be those kinds of people into people's lives, especially if you're a believer in Jesus. And integrity at the core is central from that. From little things, big things grow. Integrity has real power. So how important is integrity to you? I'll tell you how important it is to, to um, us as a church is that um, one of our locations was $50 above the limit to um, get JobKeeper, which would have brought in thousands of dollars. And Trish found the number, she alerted Bron to it, and Bron said, well, if we're $50 over, we don't, we don't make it. It would have been so easy to put $50 of fuel in somebody's tank. We could have even made it sound right. Could have made it pastoral care. Could have made it money to the poor. Could have done all kinds of things. But the reality was that we, we weren't eligible by $50. Bron made the call to do the integrous thing. Well, I think that has real power. The, the good mixed news is that the next month we were eligible in that place and, and, and we, we were recipients of it for that church, the JobKeeper thing. But, but integrity matters. Integrity doesn't have a price. It doesn't have a payout figure where it goes, no, no, integrity goes to here but not beyond there. Our integrity is powerful in taking our influence next level. So how important is integrity to you? Number four, just getting comfortable in our skin. Again, Mark 12 talks about Jesus. He didn't care for what they thought and all those kinds of things. He was comfortable in our skin. He knew he was loved by the Father. He knew that he was accepted. He knew that he was called by God. He knew there was calling upon his life and you know you are loved by God you are um, you are Jesus died for your sins you are called by God there is calling upon your life but but listen to this listen to this as we think about getting comfortable in our skin 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 says we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves 
with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us, a sphere that includes you. Now, here's what I want us to get. Get comfortable in our skin. The Apostle Paul says, hey, just don't get caught up in comparison. Don't get caught up in any of this. And it's, it's interesting because Jesus, he was completely comfortable in his skin. He knew who he was. He knew what he was. He knew where he was headed. And the Apostle Paul's writing, he said, hey, don't worry so much about what other people think. Don't worry about what other people have. Don't worry about where they're at because that can drive us by the wrong, we can be driven by the wrong influences and get somewhere that we never really wanted to go and never needed to go and certainly that God hadn't called us to. Get comfortable with who we are and who we aren't. There are so many things that I'm not. There are just a few things that maybe I am. And just getting comfortable with that. I wish, I wish to the core of my being that I look like Brad Pitt, but I don't. Actually, not to the core of my being, but you know, if I've got three wishes and I ask for infinity and you know, more wishes, and then looking like Brad Pitt would be one. But I didn't get to look like Brad Pitt. Just got to get comfortable with who I am and who I'm not, what I am and what I'm not. Um, what about you? Getting comfortable with who we are and who we're not, with what we have and what we haven't got. You know, skills, gifts. We, we heard the guys sing before. I can't sing like that. Um, I'm just comfortable with what we are, have and what we have in our abilities, our personality, our, our stuff in life, just getting comfortable. Uh, now, I'm not saying we don't get better. I think we should get better. But we should get better within our lane, a stewardship before God, but, but not, not precious about things that don't matter. Get free of that. Comfortable in our skin lives with no pressure to comply. That's what we see in Jesus. No pressure to comply and freedom to live. What a liberating place to come to. I'm not trying to get a million influence, uh, followers on Instagram as an influencer. I just, I just want to live in my lane. I just want to serve God's purpose in my lifetime. I just want to live life well, love my family, love humanity, do what I'm called to, comfortable in my skin, no pressure to comply, freedom to be um, in Jesus' name. Get comfortable. And then he says um, this. I think it's really interesting. He says, we don't boast beyond proper limits, but we confine our boasting to the sphere of service God has called us to. So it's not only getting comfortable in our skin, it's getting comfortable with our sphere. I think this is massively important because the sphere of influence in your life and mine changes at various points in our lifetime. It, it shifts, right? And, and getting comfortable with that. If, if you're a young mom or, you, you, or dad, you, you, I don't know how it works, but you might be at home, you might be more... Um, contracted than you used to. Your world might have shrunk for a while. Well, my sphere of influence maybe has become my children for a season. I love that about Candy, our kid's pastor. And what she puts into her children at this season of life, she hasn't got a grand platform. She hasn't got a, you know, she hasn't got a million followers on Twitter, but she's got, she's got two children that God has graced her with and other areas of ministry, but two children. And for her, that's an area of influence where what comes into her is now going out of her and into their lives. And that's the season. That's the sphere. And it's an incredible gift of God. And then in other seasons, people have great influence. And, and, but whatever it looks like, just get comfortable with 
our sphere, whatever that is for you, because it changes in the seasons of life. Get comfortable in our skin, comfortable in our sphere. I've written it like this. It's not about the scale of the sphere. It's about effective influence within the sphere we have. It's not about the scale. It's about effective influence within the sphere that we have knowing out from our life. Number five, and finally, we're to fully leverage the influence, our influence for what matters most, just to fully leverage our influence for what matters most. The risk with influence is to leverage it for our own advantage, just to just to take the influence that is developed in our life and then leverage it for ourselves. And that is not what God wanted. And that is not what we see in Jesus. At no point does Jesus ever leverage his influence for his own advantage. Now, there are times when we are the beneficiaries. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about taking the influence, the God-given influence that is in our life and leveraging it for those who God has called us to leverage it for, that we would take it and use it and make it have an impact in in other people's lives. You know, the risk is to shrink it to about me and mine, but God's called us to so much more than that, to leverage our lives for causes that matter, to elevate people, to alleviate circumstances, to be a voice for those who are silent, to be an elevator of the poor, to be a builder of his people, to be a raiser of his church, to be a carrier of the gospel. God calls every believer on the face of the planet to do those things and then the unique calling upon their lives. You have been given God-given influence to leverage it for what matters most, for your family to leverage it for what matters most. If you've got a spouse, to leverage your influence, your good influence for them in all kinds of ways. So let me wrap with a question today. Here's a question. What kind of things would God have you bring to your current sphere of influence? What kind of things would God have you bring to your current sphere of influence? What are they? And I want you to do three things with this question as you continue the conversation where you are maybe. Um, identify it. Number one, just identify it. Number two, articulate it. Get it down. What, what is it? And number three, begin to bring it. How are you going to bring it? That's really simple. What kind of things would God have you bring to your current sphere of influence? What would they be? Number one, identify it. Number two, articulate it. Write it down, get it clear. And number three, bring it. Just start to bring that kind of influence into people's lives for his purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We're going to continue the conversation. We'll talk in a moment. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.